Travelers. I'm Josh. And I'm Kahi. And we're the Genshin, Genshin Guys. Guys. Welcome all this podcast is for fans of Genshin Impact, the mobile game made by Hoyoverse, also known as MiHoYo. Here we talk about our opinions, experiences, and dreams about Genshin Impact. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast. So before we get started, Kahi, how are you doing today? Huh, doing all right. I feel like I got just enough sleep before we started this this recording. Because uh, I woke up and you you sent those videos like in the middle of the night, and I thought, oh great, this is I was supposed to prepare for this. <laughs> Uh, okay. But apparently, yeah, it was pretty short videos, good videos, uh, good material for our podcast today. Um, but yeah, it's the middle of the summer, but somehow there's like a cold front that just kind of came in. Oh, so it same. feels just like winter. Yeah, same. Same for you. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Good little break from the hot and humid weather, but overall it's pretty good. Uh, how about you, Josh? How's the, how's the weather up there other than just being cold? Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, it's really on and off. Like, there is sunlight right now, which is cool, but it's, like, really, like, one day is cold, the next day is not. I had this weird thing where, like, the daytime was cold, but then the night was warm, and that was really weird for me, so. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, so that happened. Um, but otherwise, um, I've been, so I'm going to Germany soon uh, for the next week, and I've been adjusting my sleep schedule as much as I can. Some of you know because I actually... Um, changed up my schedule. Um, I, I made it basically indefinite. I, I don't know when I'm going to be streaming. Um, so, but for the next week, I won't be streaming. Uh, so, but I've been adjusting my schedule. So, like, I've been, I woke up like at, I don't know, 9 p.m. last night or something like that. And then I'm going to go to sleep around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., um, just kind of depending on how it goes. But it's really tough adjusting sleep schedule when you're still in your main time zone. But I'm only in Germany for a week, so it's going to be worse if I'm over there, like, trying to do that while I'm trying to work. So I've been trying to adjust, and it's been really tough. But that that's, like, kind of dic- been dictating my whole week, where it's, like, uh, like the things I want to do or I w- thought I was going to do, like, I don't have, I'm tired or I'm, I don't have the energy or I have to go to sleep. Like, it's so weird. So I just can't wait to go, do it. It's going to be fun, and then come back and then just, <laughs> just be normal again like with the sleep schedule because it is crazy how messing up your sleep schedule on on purpose like really i mean just in general it just affects you you know so and then the crossover time zones back and forth yeah 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 i'm not looking Let's get back to into it. another schedule it's better than when i went to germany last year from japan though um because the the whole thing was like that's further isn't very it? very long yeah the flight was like super long and so like i was just on the opposite side of the world did not prepare whatsoever so that's why this year i was like okay we got to prepare um but anyway that's how my mix been it's been like a crazy mix of like when do i go to sleep today <laughs> like like it's really weird um so yeah um that's basically it uh before we get started talking about anything in the podcast i actually want to do a quick shout out um actually kahi you brought this up it's been about a year since we started the podcast. That's so crazy. Like, I, That's almost unbelievable. It, I did not believe we were doing it for that long. Yeah, it, it does not feel like a year. Like, it feels like we started six months ago. Like, that's what it kind of feels like to me. It feels yeah. like we, we've done it. We've got, <laughs> you know, we've kind of come into our own. We know what we're doing now and when we when we get together to record. But at the same time, For the most like, part. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Or we I, give a really good illusion that we know what we're doing. <laughs> well, it's really hard because, like, we've decided to do this podcast more or less in a way that's, like, 
keeping up to date with the content in Genshin and it's constantly changing. There's constantly new updates every week, every two weeks. Um, there are slow weeks, of course, but there's always something to talk about. And so, yeah, as, like as a matter of fact, we basically don't know what we're going to talk about until a couple days after we record, sometimes the day of, depending on like new information that drops. So we decided to do it that way. And it is kind of tough sometimes because like our schedules don't line up, um, which is why we've had to delay podcasts in the past. But I think overall, it's it's pretty great. It's pretty fun, like being on top of like this new information as much as possible. And, um, you know, like less pressure to prepare uh, throughout the week when, you know, you prepare, you just learn to prepare quickly uh, on the day of or like the day before. So, yeah. Maintaining it, a more casual approach to yeah. the whole the situation as they unfold not being too inflated not getting yeah not basically like talking in caps like how on youtube <laughs> yeah i know there's i know that other people do their podcast way differently and um i'm, I'm glad the way we do our podcast and um like one, it's very one, chill yeah it's That's very chill I, I think um that our our podcast has a uh like you said it's more it's more casual but we also do our best to um, make sure that it's you know informative and stuff and um sometimes you know if the topic is really big um and there's a lot of information around it we will do our research but uh, most of the time it's just like commenting on what's happening and so you know we're really glad that you guys have been here listening to us um all those of you that are listening to us maybe if it's your first time listening to us thank you uh feel free to go back and listen to some other episodes but yeah i mean we'll continue to evolve of course with your support and uh, feel free to join the discord if you haven't already we do have a discord the link is in the description it's been growing steadily um i've been streaming a lot on twitch we've been having a lot of cool conversations um yeah it's just it's the as the game evolves like the amount of things that we can do and talk about also increases and that's super fun i'm so excited for all that's to come in genshin um i could see us doing this for a very long time but how we do it and stuff is going to change and it's going to depend on um, not only our way of doing things, but also you guys. So thank you and, for supporting uh, speaking us. Speaking of change, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We have uh, finally uploaded all of our episodes to YouTube. Oh, you, up you uploaded all <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You uploaded all of them? A pleasant, yeah, pleasant surprise for our one year anniversary, yes. Oh, great. All of them are now on the Genshin Guys podcast YouTube channel. Um. Recently, we have been um, recording and putting it onto to, only to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but we're trying to take a whack at maybe some visual content, which obviously is another workload that we're trying to add on top of our current workloads. But uh, we do have some uh, of our podcast episodes. Um, every 10 uh, podcast episodes has a little Genshin animated background. So it's actually something still visual that you can look at as well as listen to. So they are... Basically just a character, you know, sitting idle and you doing their idle animations in the world. But it's actually really nice and pleasant to see from afar. So, yes, uh, don't forget to drop us a subscription on that. Uh, Genshin Guys podcast on YouTube. Wow, nice. Okay. Yes, follow us on YouTube. That is actually news to me right now um, because I knew we were Kahi was basically taking care of that. And so, um, yeah, that's great. Go check it out. If you're a YouTube person, um, feel free to check it out on YouTube. Share it on YouTube. Um, whatever whatever you can do that we we appreciate it honestly um so great great news now uh so let's get started heading into the content for today's podcast let's start with our usual our weeks in genshin Boken the Boken! all right kahi how has your week in genshin impact been all right so i accomplished two things 
Uh, so you know that team I've been using lately, you know, my Layla, um, Baiju, Yalan, and Kajing. Okay. I found a really cool name for the team because I always name my teams. I don't know if people do this, but I, oh, yeah. I name my teams like thematically. So I called it the Superconductor. The Superconductor? The Superconductor. The Superconductor. Oh, <laughs> I see. Uh, I love it so much because it actually makes sense because, you know, nah, it's great. Superconduct yeah. with the elemental stuff. And he's, you know, he's a doctor and he's a fine dendro and Kaching and her like uh, four piece. So it's thundering. like a, it's like a, um, a bloom, like a freeze bloom team, right? Freeze oh, bloom, with, yes. with hyper bloom in there. With like, like, mm. so it has a hyper freeze bloom. So it's four different elements, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's good is like I also have crowd control. I can freeze people if I ever need to. I have double shields, healing. Also, oh, which yeah, actually makes sense because Baiju doesn't have like it. He doesn't heal for a really high amount, so it makes up for whatever little healing I would need because I have shields anyways. So wait, what weapon? Once the shield goes down. On Baiju, oh, I'm using actually the one from Enconomia. Hold, on. no, not Enconomia. Oh, what is it called? It kind of looks like a little. It looks like a child's toy. What is it called? Um, dang it. It looks like a child's toy. Yeah, it's the one that you... It gives elemental uh, recharge when you use your skill. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling up the, the weapon now. Because it looks like a... Yeah, it looks like a toy. Yeah, let's just see here. Baiju, baiju, baiju. Here we go. Weapon, the Oath Sworn Eye. Oh, I see, I see. It increases energy recharge by 48% after using elemental skill. Interesting. And because it, the coloration matches, and I really just need him to use his skill and his, you know, his big shield as much as possible, because he's just a support right now. I tried right. to use him as, like, a DPS, but he just, his attack animations are, like, short and slow. Right. So it was fun, but, like, he does better as a supporter, so... And just relegated that to him. Um, so yeah, I've perfected a team. I also perfected, after all these years, my, I perfected my Ayaka. Because, so her stats right now, she has over 2,000 attack. Her crit rate is exactly 50%. And her crit damage is exactly 200%. Wow. Nice. Oh, it's, it's great. And her weapon is um, <laughs> Ayato's weapon. Oh, so I it see. Actually works I feel like it works better on her. It looks nice too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually have like both siblings technically. Do you have Miss Butter? No, I do not. Oh, I see. Miss Butter is like more pinkish. Whereas, yeah, it's purple. It's, um, it doesn't fit that uh, setting. Yes. Yeah. Ayaka's more bluish and glowing. Yeah, so my Ayaka is now perfected. Nice. Here, she's. Yeah. Crowned her skill, crowned her attack, basic attacks. I think her. Her ult's only at, like, level 8, but it hits super hard anyway, so I don't have to worry about that too much. I want to make sure her basic attacks can just kill everything like a, <laughs> like a burst. Speaking of uh, perfecting yeah. teams, have you uh, tried Spiral Abyss at all this uh, this time around? Uh, ooh, wait, did it reset? It did reset, like, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago? Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, oh. I did it, I got to, like... 20 i got the 26 stars because i was trying to use my new team just to see how it does in spiral abyss i see and once i clear i mean the thing is once i clear spiral abyss even if i don't get all stars i'm like yeah i, I did it i don't have to struggle just to get one extra star it takes uh -huh. too long 
it is for me this is this is how i look at it i could i could go for more stars too but then i just be grinding away the same thing getting nothing but yeah that's pretty much my weekend genshin but uh yeah anything new in your teams Are you upgrading any characters what you been up to yeah so um the reason i ask is because on spiral abyss i i was doing that this week and I actually, like, pretty much rage quit. I mean, I was, like, I was kind of sleep-deprived from the whole, like, switching uh, time zones thing I'm trying to do. But I was streaming, and I was getting advice from uh, one of the members in our community, Sarah, who's, like, really great. Uh, he's really good at um, giving advice for people's accounts. He likes to see if people's accounts are, like, abyss-ready. And needless to say, uh, my account because i have not put that much time into artifact farming or like perfecting people like you like you have i've pretty much spread out my resources evenly to some degree and that makes my account level overall lower especially when it comes to like limited like characters that are limited uh teams that are limited in abyss so i know i don't i don't do abyss if you look at my abyss history i have not done it a lot but i'm starting to do it more i'm starting to learn how to do same. it same um and like my my best teams are bloom teams and this this spiral abyss cycle is like anti-bloom like for the most part like there are, you can do some burgeon and stuff like that for for like i think the second half but yeah it's been it's been pretty hard and i don't really like dealing with the ai the ais i think we talked about this before in uh, a couple episodes ago but yeah i was i was trying it because it's the same same enemies and uh yeah it's it's really i just feel like the biggest thing that i've learned about spiral abyss for me is that the pressure of always having time but also me having like a competitive nature and like i wanna show my skill because i love doing i love doing challenging myself with like action fighting games the thing is um like if Gensh if if spiral abyss worked like our limited time events like where you clear it once and you get the base reward right and then let's say you clear it with a certain time for the second and third ones. If it worked that way, I wouldn't feel pressure to like do the best time that I can possibly do. Even if I can't get all 36 stars, I feel like having that system would relieve a lot of anxiety for me when I'm like going in to try it. Because like if I know how to do something, if I watch a guide on it, I will try to do it the right way and I'll try to do it within a certain amount of time. And like if I'm not efficient enough, I'll just retry. Like I'll feel like, oh, I wasted too much time. I, I'm, I'm, I might not get the star. So then, like, I might not get any rewards. So then I restart it, and then that that part becomes frustrating for me, like that process. So, yeah, I think if the abyss changed that, it would make people like me feel better. I, I would have a reason to at least just clear it, because if I bring a team and I can't, and I clear it, but then I get nothing from it, then I'll really feel like I wasted my time, right? So. I, I would love to see them do something like implement something like that. I mean, the combat's already fun enough. Like, I can understand like people going into Spiral Abyss just to test their teams. Like, kind of what I did, kind of what I did. But honestly, like, if they don't really add much to the buff or blessing system, because it's just it feels very ordinary the buffs. Because and there's only like a limited amount of floors means that there's not as many types of enemies you can go up against there's, just, there's not like a you have to like completely shift to another floor it kind of breaks the tempo of every combat because you know in honkai star rail you go from like one fight to another you, you're constantly moving through a domain fighting mm -hmm. the enemies so you can still kind of choose how you interact how fast you go right and their blessing system is great 
I really wish they brought something like that into Genshin because it actually, it it yeah, I hope so. But you know, there's only so much they can do with a Spiral Abyss. It's one part of the game. This particular game, Genshin Impact, is so diverse in the, the styles of gameplay that you have at your disposal. You have the creative side, you have the crafting side, you have the exploration side, and the combat side. There's a lot the of areas side. of focus. The TCG, all the mini games, and yeah. A lot of mini games that they announced in the live stream, but yeah. we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Josh, uh, what else are we going to be talking about today? Uh, so, yeah, so we'll move on to our Genshin news, which is really not much. It's just that we had Yoimiya's birthday on June 20th and Sino's birthday on June 22nd. That's basically all the news we have. Um, so, you know, uh, and then, um, We'll do, uh, yeah, so we're going to be mainly talking about the 3.8 live stream because usually during live stream weeks, that's all the news we get right there. And Yeah, big news. Yeah, always big news. And this time, we are t we are hitting some big time news. So let's go ahead and uh, start talking about the live stream. So we saw the new featured character banners, and they are, for the first phase, Klee and Eula. So finally, it's been eighty-four years. It's been so many. Back, I can't back believe she actually day. said that. Did you hear that? Did you hear what she said? Yeah, yeah. The, she said the, like it's been eighty-four years. Like in the 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 voice actress, the, the Titanic meme. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like um, it's crazy because those are, I think those are the two characters that have not had reruns the longest, like in the longest one single span of time, and. I think they were just straight up saving it for this event. I mean, like, they were, like, focusing really hard on Sumeru, and they just didn't have a place to put Clean Eula, and maybe they thought it would be too soon? I don't know. It's weird. They they probably could have, for the, like, Windbloom um, brought them back, but they were they have him now. So here we go. If you're a Eula fan who doesn't have Eula, or a Klee fan who doesn't have Klee, this is your chance, right? The next phase of the banner is another long time not been here for a while character, which I think is Kokomi. I think she hasn't been here for a while. So Kokomi and Wanderer, and um, before we move on. And so like those those are the four characters: Klee, Eula in the first phase, Kokomi, Wanderer in the second phase. Um, Kahi, are you are you second time in pulling for any of these characters or? Um, not so much. I mean, Kokomi of all four characters, Kokomi is definitely going to be good. Um, Wanderer, of course, if you just need a really good. Hyper carry or attack person or DPS, but is this the second time Wanderer was available since he first came out? Is it? Is it not the third time? Okay, so he, you know his first banner, and then he did. Ha I'm pretty sure he did have a rerun already. Yeah, yeah. So this is his third banner. So his is this is third appearance. Wow. Yeah. Wow, in one cycle, that's a lot. I mean, he's really good, and he's really he important. is good. Yeah, and yeah, he's really the story good. and everything. Yeah, so. Huh, interesting. Um, I wonder why they chose now of all times to bring Eula back. I don't know if she has any specific importance or well, relevance she, to what's going to happen. They kind of showed her being in the story, right? So, um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like it seems that now the the story. Speaking of the story, the story seems to be similar to the concept of Golden Apple Archipelago, which we've had in the past, where Alice creates a place for uh, like a vacation spot for Klee, basically, and. Um, Alice's voice was featured in the live stream. The actress was talking, and they're doing like a like a sort of play, and they're at a sort of new amusement park esque Sumeru um, area, which may p probably be temporary, but we don't know. 
Um, as far as I know, I didn't I didn't see anything that said it was temporary, but I, I'm assuming it's temporary. And it's like a magical little area where um, you bottle see. land. Bottle land, yes. And it, I'm assuming you go into like a bottle or something, and that's why it's a temporary area. Like it'll be on a different map. But like a teapot style. Yeah, exactly. And so you go in there, or you go to this new area, and there's like a roller coaster esque thing. Like it looks like a, it looks like the boat. But it's like on a rail. It looks fun. It looks cool, it and does. you can like you can like jump back and forth between rails. Um, there is like, uh, like carnival style setups with like you know booths and things and like a stage, and they're gonna be acting. And during this acting, in the story, gives a reason for the new Kaya and Klee outfits. So there's gonna be a new outfit for Kaya, which is free and obtainable by playing the event. And then there's a Klee outfit, which I don't know if it's a five-star outfit quite yet, but um, she changes it changes a lot of things about her aesthetically, and she is basically cosplaying her mom. Is what I understand. Like she's like, I'm a mage just like my mommy, and and you know, there's a oh, little the thing. hat. Yeah, the, everything. Have the mage her, hats. her bag is different, like everything, and she has like a witch clothes, like pretty different. So, um, yeah, like those are the two new outfits. Um, what do you think about those outfits, by the way, Kahi? Um, Kaya pretty much looks like <laughs> an Abyss Mage or an Abyss Lector. Yeah. Hashtag uh, Which is actually really cool. Kai and Rhea, of course. Um, he looks really cool. Um, you also have... I mean, they have two Cryo characters coming back. I don't know if they're saying, hey, Cryo can be really good if you're going into Hydro. Yeah, it's going to be good to prepare your, your Cryo characters. Um, so it... I think it does make sense why they updated Kaya, uh, just because last time they upgraded Lisa and gave her an outfit, mm -hmm. and before that they you know upgraded Duluk. So they like the original like core characters are kind of being visually upgraded to some extent, because we got characters for like people from Mondstadt and Liyue, and then from Inazuma got an outfit. Ayaka got an outfit. Yep. And That's it. did anyone else from Inazuma got no, it? No, I think it just. No. Ayaka's the only Inazuma character that got an outfit. Mm -hmm. um, no no um, Sumeru characters have gotten an outfit yet. Who knew? And then we just have Monsat Liyue characters. So it's, it's a way for people to get reminded that, hey, you still have these old characters. They're still good. They're still relevant. They're still important to the story. They may yeah. still actually be good. You know what this means, it's right? This area. means that Barbara, um, Lisa, oh, right. From their and Kaya event. have all costumes but now amber is left so i kind of I, part of me is hoping amber gets like a five star outfit just because i feel like hoyoverse really likes amber um but you know that's a good know. point they never really specifically said five star outfits would only be available on five star characters yeah exactly like right now it's only d look yeah but it's the outfit that's five star so it is technically separate like, from the character they can obviously do whatever they want but like if they were right now they've only they've always done it like the four-star character's outfit is a four-star uh, outfit, and then you get it for free during the event that it's released, if you play the event. But they have not done a free four-star outfit for a five-star. So, you know, I'm really curious, like, what, how if they're going to do that, or if they're going to, like... Because if think about it this way. If they make a really good costume for, like, Amber, Kaya, Lisa, like, everybody has those characters. <laughs> You know, so more people are inclined to it's buy them. It's impossible those, to not. You know, like, so, like, it's different. Or, like, Kale, Barbara, you know, all these characters that are guaranteed. Noelle, they're kind of guaranteed in the game in some way. 
Um, there. Oh, Noel doesn't even have an outfit. Yeah, exactly, right? So, but I'm surprised Amber. Amber's literally the first character you meet in the whole game, True. and she doesn't have an outfit yet. So I think they're saving something for her, but I, I have no idea. So. Oh, technically she does because remember that they had to reskin the characters. Yeah, that, that's to compensate. Like technically she. It's does, a regulation. But technically she doesn't actually, right? So <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's there's that, and um. So the outfits are coming, and then there's also a Kaya hangout, which is cool, and I am really hoping that they reference Kai and Rhea. Like obviously Kaya is a mysterious character, but we've learned a lot about his past. It, we've learned about his past and so now this is their chance to give it to us in a story format um especially because we haven't seen kaya that much as of late but kaya is the first hangout for like kaya also if you go through the story kaya has a story quest right like you do kaya's story quest at the beginning um which when he's like you got to go find this this fake sword or whatever and then you go there and then He's like actually tracking down abyss mages, and then Diluc shows up, and like so that's like one of the first missions you have to do in the game. It's like Kaya's story, quote unquote. Now he also now has a hangout, so that's the first time I think there's a character that has a story quest, like a dedicated story quest and a hangout. So that's interesting, and he's a four star. So yeah, if Xing Cho gets one, then he'll be like similar because Xing Cho has his own story quest. Shang Ling has her own story quest, but neither of them have hangout. So. That's the first time for me, I think, that uh, that I for, from what I understand, that's the first time we're getting something like that. So there's there's always possibility for this stuff in the future, you know. OK, so then the other thing. Oh, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, no, but I oh, between the two, honestly, I think Kaya's outfit obviously looks better, but Klee's Klee, yeah, uh, outfit mean, matches her. Obviously, like biased Klee mains <laughs> but, uh, mm -hmm. exist, but yeah, I think. I think for me, Kaya's outfit also is just way better. Um, like, oh, well, it's like, I don't know. Kaya's outfit is just really cool. <laughs> so, and, and like, um, Klee's outfit is pretty similar. I, I wouldn't say it's similar to her main outfit, but it's like same color scheme. Like, you know, it's red and all this stuff. And, but Kaya's got this whole different kind of aesthetic going on. I don't know. It Maybe it's similar too. But he looks it more looks buff. Cool. Yeah. He, he, yeah he a little bit more buff. baggy pants. He's I a mix like between Kai and Rhea and Sumeru style. Very like Sultan esque, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, so let's talk about the mini games. So there's gonna be mini games during this event. Uh, one called Spino Blaster, which is like a water cannon shooting mini game. If you can play this on a mouse and keyboard, I'd probably recommend that. Um, uh, it is like it is like actually like a first person shooting from a cannon kind of game. Um, and Dance of Flashing Thought is a combat event, which is pretty cool. There's like a spotlight that shines on you while you're fighting enemies in a big arena, and the spotlight like does a ton of damage. Pretty cool. Um, Sojourns of the Barking Fox, which is like a racing event, which is um, I think it's like you're you're going through rings in the air, um, using a Sarush looking sort of character thing, uh, like a little sprite that looks like a fox. I don't know how to explain it. It's just go look at it <laughs> but it's basically like a sarush racing event kind of like that event we had with sarush um after the release of the the Pari stuff and then there's big bang finchball which i'm actually really excited for which is like a shuffleboard game so for those of you that aren't familiar with shuffleboard or maybe even curling um you basically like throw the birds like on a big board and you have to there's like a target on the other side and you have to slide the birds um across 
and try to land on the target. If you slide it too much, the bird will just basically hit the end and not hit the target um, or fall off. And then um, if you like hit it with just enough power, you can get it to slide right in the middle. And um, I, I really like those kind of games, actually, so I'm excited for that. Um, are any, I hope they squeak. Are you any of these? Are you excited for any of these, Kahi? These like these events? Um, I'm interested in that the, the dance event and the racing event. Um, the racing event because it's utilizing 3D moving space a lot more, so right. it's gonna give us some practice of maneuvering before the the swimming. Um, it's gonna be, of course, it's just practice moving throughout. Um, it, I mean, these are mini games, so they're not gonna be like too difficult they're not they're not like spiral abyss they're not meant to be difficult they're actually it's a good mix of things i'm actually just really interested in, in that that whole roller coaster that they spread out over the the, the sumaru landscape mm -hmm. this is most likely like a contained space because if it's in like if it's related to bottle land at all it could be cool but even if they temporarily add it to the open world space that's gonna be great because it's it's a vehicle transportation so instead of like you just tethering to those little floating glowing flowers you're actually getting to ride something and if if you have a bit of control over this vehicle that's gonna be even like more awesome too it's it's a big thing that is added to the open world space i mean these other games are in their own contained domains and instances which is which is cool but seeing the world change is also very very interesting so i wonder if they're going to keep parts of this lying around for some reason they I could mean, if they wanted cool. to they, they did introduce mm -hmm. the um they did introduce the boat in Golden Apple Archipelago, and then it, like, stayed mm -hmm. forever. Yeah, so they could be adding some kind of rail system well, to they have Sumeru. something that looks like that in Fontaine, which we'll mention a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, so we have um, the, those minigames coming out. We also have a Genius Invocation TCG PvE mode. I don't know if it's temporary. It might be temporary. It might be permanent. But it is called Endless Swarm, and it is... Uh, where you fight waves of, I guess, endless waves of enemies and see how long you can last. Where I'm assuming shields and healing are going to become really, really important. So, yeah, that's a pretty interesting mode that's coming out soon. And they'll be adding the TCG cards for Candice, Yanfei, and Kazuha. So that's pretty great, uh, especially for fans. I know there's a lot of Kazuha fans. So, um, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Now, you know what's funny? Mm, yes. They added... They added a, <laughs> they added a, a, a horde mode to the card game before they added it to the actual, the actual game like Spiral Abyss. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people would, were looking forward to that. Like, hey, just give me waves of enemies and make them slightly progressively harder and see what the deepest level I could get to was. Because I mean, this this would be good for like combat, but I wasn't expecting them to bring a horde mode to the car, to the card game. Yeah, I, I, there's, I feel like there's still so many things you could do with like us with Spiral Abyss in general, like having a different version of Spiral Abyss where you have unlimited, having a different version that's like more like the buffs in Simulated Universe, like where the in Honkai Star Rail where the buffs have like a lot more impact on gameplay, similar to a lot of the limited events. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I the fact that they're just like pumping out different game modes for TCG is like crazy to me. So hopefully they will um they will get on that now um i don't know if you saw this but there was like a developer update where um they talked about permanent content coming in the future did you see that 
Oh yeah, I saw a conversation that they were having with the guy. They said they are looking into adding permanent game modes, like, you know, TCG, but more, I guess, smaller game modes, but just, in general, they are looking into permanent additions instead of just always time-limited stuff. Yes, so let me, actually, let me just bring that up real quick. Okay. So there was a like sort of developer interview and um, or like a developer blog update and they did talk about some new changes that are coming. I believe they're coming in 3.8, but they talked about adding the underground maps to the in-game map finally for like. Oh, that's a great know? feature. That yes. is like like seeing levels. Thank you. Quality of life mm -hmm. thing. Right. Um, so there is that. There's also the thing where like if you're doing daily commissions, for example, like when you are doing a daily commission. Uh, if you're doing a daily commission, you finish it, it will automatically target the next daily commission so that you can just like bounce between them. So you don't have to like open your quest list and then navigate and do all that stuff. That's convenient. So yeah. little tiny, tiny, tiny quality of life changes um, heading in the right direction. Uh, we're hoping for a lot more in 4.0. But what I want to mention is this. In that article, it says here, um, we posted this in the Discord a while back. These are the quest and map system optimizations we would like to announce for now. Not long ago, the Divine Ingenuity Collector's Chapter event was released. During this time, we also discovered many interesting custom domains created by the community and also heard calls for making lim time-limited events permanent. Here, we would like to take the opportunity and chat with everyone regarding our thoughts about permanent gameplay mode. For certain Genshin Impact gameplay events, the development team has already considered the possibility of making them permanent fixtures during the inception of their development. However, based on our evaluations, certain gameplay events are not fleshed out enough in terms of content to support the long-term gameplay experience for everyone. We will combine the feedback from our travelers regarding the event gameplay for future iterations and will release new permanent gameplay options at the right time. In the future, the development team will continue to plan more permanent content. We hope to bring more interesting experiences for our travelers. So thing that blows my mind about Interesting. this is like yeah. divine ingenuity is so robust like there's so many things you can already do in it much more than the last event and i honestly think it could just stay and then they could just roll out updates eventually in the future like there's so many cool things that you can do with it right now um but they say like you know maybe there's not not fleshed out in terms of content to support long-term gameplay experience so things that they added about the things, things that they added to the game without really adding a test. Okay, the boat was kind of a test because they they put it in Golden Apple Archipelago, but they knew they were mm -hmm. going to use the boat. Yep. Like period, they knew they were going to use the boat, so that's that's fine. They added fishing, they added teapot, right? They didn't do like a test to see if the teapot was going to be good enough. They just they just did it. They just added. They're like, yeah, we know we want this. They added it. Well, they added teapot early too. I think yeah, in year one, super early. No, it was super early. And then they actually like. Um, obviously there was like a t period of time because of COVID where like it wasn't, um, it wasn't being updated for a while, but it was like vastly updated way later. It started with much less things to do and much less things to make. And like, you couldn't even put things in other things. Like it was like a very, uh, limited and they just changed it. And I was like, man, they could just give us divine ingenuity. <laughs> I really like it. So, you know, I'm kind of biased, but I think that. I personally think that um, when compared to like the other things they've released in its full state, TCG, they just dropped it on us without any warning. They were just like, here's a whole entire new game in this game and we're updating it regularly. Like I was like, what? So yeah, th these kind of things. Like I feel like that it's really cool that they talked to us about their methodology behind 
permanent content, but I also feel like Divine Ingenuity has more than enough content to support it. But maybe they wanted to test it and see the reaction of the community, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's like it's like the teapot because early on, like the concept is already there. Like what people want the teapot for can already be done in almost in, in its entirety from the beginning, and then they slowly add more things. They slowly add more spaces. They slowly add more objects. It's, it's the same thing. The domain currently has way more gadgets than any other previous domain building style event. So, I mean, in its current form, it could stay, but if they want to future-proof it, how, are they, how would they do that? Like, yeah, so I'm curious Are they going to plan more spaces around that? Are they going to add more objects per patch that comes out? Because they have to keep it thematic for the regions, right? They have, like, Fontaine tech, maybe. Maybe that Sumeru tech, because you have, you have the flower tethers in midair that you can already add, and that's a current technology. So... I'm curious what they want to do to that mode in order to consider making it permanent. That so that's, that's that's like that's interesting. That's kind of what I'm getting to. Yeah, like like I wonder why they're not just making it permanent. Why didn't they just drop it on us and say, "Hey, this is a new permanent thing"? Um, or it suggests that they know that there are ways to make it better, even though we think that it's already good now. So yeah. their, ba like, their baseline might be really high. Mm -hmm. What I like is also they say like from the inception of each of these mini games they mm -hmm. already consider hey could this be permanent as they're making it for the first time so yeah that makes sense that's that's good to know that they are thinking about that which you know in hindsight briefly it it, it does make sense like while you're making something like could we bring this up again right. could how much just do we be work an on addition? this yeah 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 this is this is this going to justify how much time you put into it Exactly. Yeah, so they can slowly bring the events back, you know, as recurring events. That makes like sense. Like Wind but... Trace, everybody wants Wind Trace to be. Permanent. I know. Like oh, everyone loves that I, one. I know some people talk about this like mentality of like, if it's permanent though, I might not do it as much because I always think, oh, I can just do it later, and then like there's nobody doing it, right? Um, but I think that Wind Trace by itself would even be a good game mode just for like people to play with friends. So. Um, that's why I think like when they should just honestly they've released it three times already it's been super popular um, I feel like they're very close to releasing it as a permanent event I would like hope I would like to hope so because that is a very very fun game mode that everyone's excited for every time it comes around and while it's important to have events like that like it is also a fun chill event to play with friends that's like more interactive than like some of the other things you can do in the overworld or like other co-op events or like other permanent co-op features so yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens um i'm so excited for just permanent content more permanent content i'm really hoping that 4.0 introduces or like four like in four all of uh fontaine era like introduces some new permanent content so yeah let's be excited now speaking of fontaine drum roll please there is there uh, there was a huge fontaine preview at the end of the live stream now this is like full reveal of the first assumably the first area major areas of fontaine now well not everything though not not a like full reveal but like well it was a it was a uh, it was a pretty I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a teaser picture or something. It was like, like they, like they did at the end of the last live stream where they showed either swimming, which was now we know a Fontaine preview because there's going to be no swimming in this patch. Like my idea was like, oh, maybe it's a summer event. Maybe they're going to swim and they're going to teach you swimming. 
Nope. Which would have made sense because of yep. the boat thing. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. they were like, nope. And they were like, we know what we're doing. And then they showed this new area, a very pristine, clean steampunk vibe. Um, that is, you know, Fontaine's supposedly based on France. So there are like some elements of uh, like steampunk France, I guess. Now, there was a lot shown in the preview. There was um, like the landscape a little bit, like either comes in on a boat on like an like an aqueduct system, um, which is like, a, you know, a system that gets water from place to place. So it's like a like a floating water bridge, like like a water highway. I don't know how to explain it to yeah, like a water rail. Yeah, like a water rail. Like right. A, yeah. And water train. So they have that and um, they introduce some things like. The, if you just look at the NPCs walking around, there's like robots, like robots walking around. There is dogs. There is like dogs that Fancy are dogs. that have clothes. <laughs> um, and then there was the Melusine, which is like apparently roughly translates to river, lake, mermaid, like river or lake mermaid. And it's like a half, it's like a humanoid animal creature. Um, and they kind I of thought feature. it was a dragon. Because I saw like wings, yeah, I saw wings. I saw like different type of a different type of skin, a tail. Yeah, I see a tail. Wings and a tail to me. Oh, there is. And there with is that little kind wings, of coloration. There? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought dragon person. Well, maybe maybe is it, it is, from but it's like uh, you know that's that's their version of like they use those underwater or something. Um, but they showed so they showed that they showed the the little pink girl or the little pink creature, and then they showed the underground in the sewer area with like dark steampunk and like people living down there um very very different contrast to the above ground um and then they showed us swimming which has like a whole you know its own move set it looks like it looks like there's sort of like a like a hydrogana looking like little orb that follows you around when you're down there um the traveler was tuned to hydro element and uh but we didn't get to see their moves out of the water we only saw them underwater now it looks like it looks like it's going to be only available for the traveler underwater because there's a bunch of new animations like there's a whole bunch of new stuff um but it remains to be seen but uh and most likely the water underwater exploration is going to be limited to certain areas of fontaine but i mean they they just showed us so much stuff and it's really cool seeing it for the first time um, and, uh, there's just so much we could talk about and think about, but Kahi, what were your like biggest impressions from this, like this preview? Um, the areas that they showed seemed like they were like a smaller, more contained space. This is not show. They didn't show any of like the large open world spaces. So we're seeing like tiny pockets of right. this thing. Well, we did see one, one mm. overarching shot with like, with like mountains and stuff, right? Like mountains right out well, the ground. like it's kind of in the distance indicating like there's yeah. like maybe that's the entryway or that's like just empty space on your way into fontaine but right. what they they didn't really like show or suggest the actual scale of the new area in fontaine unless uh, there's a lot of use of above ground and underground space kind of like how in the desert you have some things on the top and the sand but a lot of it is underground um also, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things of Fontaine compared to Sumeru, Sumeru, I think, is, like, the biggest spatial addition to the game. I'm pretty sure, because, like, you have the forest region oh, yeah, and yeah. the desert and the region desert. and the above and underground it's with gigantic. vertical space. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. 
I have like it's it's bigger than Liyue and the Chasm, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. In terms of just explorable sure. space, so yeah. Fontaine does have a pretty high bar to, or yeah, it's, we have a pretty high standard for what to expect as far as like open world space now. But I really do not feel like we saw ten percent. Yeah. Of oh the yeah. Fontaine area. I mean, they really just like focused on like two areas, like uh. So they showed a very tiny, like one little hallway of the underground, of the underground sewer area, and then they showed like the like main street of the main city is what it looks like, and then the uh, the like court, big giant courthouse looking, like I don't know, like it looks like a, an academy of some sort, but I'm assuming it's a oh courthouse. the one that had like the the organs the organs on the top, yeah, like yeah. Mm -hmm. that that court of Fontaine looking area. With a big We're talking about the musical organs, not the not the. Yes, weird there aren't just organs. like livers and spleens and stuff <laughs> yeah. like pasted on top of the building. It's definitely not that, uh, or is it? So um, yeah, we we uh, saw that. So we only saw those two areas. Now most of that area is like very small, actually. So just imagining them filling out any sort of area on the map, like these are just tiny, like you said, ten percent maybe, not even maybe, um, of like Fontaine and if the sewage system place is underground then that actually suggests that there is multiple layers and that like even within the same space we can have a lot more explorable space so and then plus there's the underwater part so that underwater now when we see water on the map up until now it's just how to connect one part of land to the other but now it actually has a 3d underwater space which is even more exploration so it looks like they're they're starting to head toward exploring more in a smaller area of the map right so like you have if you look at any part of the map right now um like, like dragon spine is i guess the best example it's so vertical like it goes up but it does not take up much space on the world tevat map but there's a lot of explorable space because you can go in the mountain you can go under the mountain you can go above the mountain so i think they're going to be experimenting with that similar to like how in sumeru you could go under the desert and all this stuff but now you have water included in there and you have the underground sewer system looking area, which could just be very well under the entirety of the Fontaine main city, which is more explorable space. So, you know what I think, actually, what's up? that I'm looking at this more analytically. So a lot of the the, the space that we saw, like the main city area where that, that Millazine mm -hmm. person was just walking through, a lot of them had um shops or like doors with like ropes that line people up to get into so it, i mean i think i think these are like buildings we can go into but not just walk right into like an open world space so like right. you can interact with the npc and they load you in to the building like the knights of harmonious so, kind of yeah like that because you know sumero has that and you have like the the little cafe area that you can go into you have you have things that are suggested to be in that world, but you have to still click and load up a small part of that world, like a, going load the building and then you go into the building. Because if Fontaine has like anything music related, like music halls, like we saw that big building with the the pipe organs at the top. I mean, if they have anything like art galleries or opera halls, something like that. I mean, I think I think it might it might be better that it is loaded in like that. It just have the building, but then you click the NPC and it takes time to load up the bigger space inside and then you just leave. So it might actually be good. Like it may not take a big space on the map, but 
there are spaces to load while you're in that space. Right, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see how creative they get with it, right? Because, I, like, you know, you're saying, like, how is this next space going to compare to Sumeru? But I don't think every every new area is going to be as big as Sumeru going forward. Uh, at least not on It'll the be map. Great. <laughs> I mean, not, like, on the map. You know what I mean? So, like, they're going to add layers to it, right? Um, so, we also, I mean, if... If Sneznaya is anything like real world Russia and how much space it takes up on the world, in the real world, um, then it's going to be huge and it's going to take up like the entire top half of the map, most likely. But, um, you know, if they don't go that route, then we really have no idea how they're going to balance how much space is used by each nation on the map. And if or if there isn't any space that's not claimed by any individual nation on the map as well. So we have to consider that too. Plus, we have to consider the fact that we may have... So, we're going to Celestia eventually, I assume. But, you know, there could be more things in the sky somewhere that we just can't see. So, it, there could be more layers to the whole thing. Now, um, yeah. So, we, we really have no idea. But they, they did preview. Uh, it's the first time we are aesthetically seeing Fontaine. So, you know, it's really exciting to start imagining <laughs> what's going to be like. Now, um, speaking of like Fontaine itself, we, I mean, so there's a, there's a lot of things that we've learned about Fontaine through events, through NPCs, and we, we learned about like that there's an energy crisis there and that there people are trying to find and invent new ways of providing energy to the city. Obviously, if you look at the city, it probably uses a lot of energy and it has steampunk vibes, but maybe they use some kind of energy that is, uh, you know, very like some resource that is scarce. The boats don't have sails, so they have engines. Yes, exactly. That's interesting detail. So that 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 means that they're powered by something, and they're not just floating with the wind. And so there's also the the fact of the old archon being um like killed during the war, 500 years ago, and um during the cataclysm, and the new archon uh. I don't know, like the new Archon... Focalors. Yeah, so the new Archon... Okay, wait, let me put it this way. The old Archon had... It seems like had something to do with, like, cleaning the water, maybe, and, like, caring for the Oceanids, right? Like, we fight one of the Oceanids who escaped from Fontaine into Liyue, and that's with one of the world bosses, and talk. And they talk about it. And then we have, um, like, they left because i don't know they didn't get along with the new archon or something they they mentioned the story a little bit in the pari world quest because the pari are sort of descended from the old archon and like the oceanids like there there's some connection deep connection there that i'm hoping we find out even more about yeah similar it. character model right yeah, yeah they're, they're, they have fins, obvious influences fins. right and i think they consider the hydro archon their god sort of the old hydro archon so um uh yeah so there's there's a lot that of that we can dive into that in the future for sure i'm sure we'll do like a lower focused episode on that but um yeah there's just so much stuff we're we're looking forward to is there something like you're hoping to be revealed um that you that you've been wondering about fontaine kahi um this is going to i have a feeling this is a little similar to the inazuma issue where you know, the, the ruler of the land has their set of morality that they're trying to purport and, like, push onto, like, her people. Because, hey, to preserve this land, we have to cut off connection to everything else and make sure we live in eternity, but only be like this at all times. So, 
in a way that's kind of like a judgment in a way that's like you know enacting a law or rule and everything has to abide by this now in fontaine we know the theme is going to be you know justice and law abiding or just coming up with rules but even those rules and laws they're set by people they're set by entities that come up with the rule and that's basically a reflection of their moral stance too so for this one i believe nahida was saying that folklore has had kind of like a very interesting personality so i'm assuming like if she has any kind of personality where she maybe is quick to judge or maybe makes rash decisions then that could reflect on the nation itself maybe they she may not have a lot of you know supporters she may have some enemies because they don't like how she's making those decisions right i mean for the most part in inazuma i'm pretty sure everyone was like they worshipped you know raiden shogun i don't think anyone wanted to over did anyone want to overthrow raiden shogun i don't think anyone even thought that i mean isn't that the whole point of the war with kokomi <laughs> like didn't their whole no like they had disagreements but they didn't want to take over they didn't want to like overthrow Raiden Shogun, right? I mean, what did I'm you, what did sure you think that. the war was for? Well, they didn't. Okay, they wanted. They disagreed with how Raiden Shogun was running the country, but they didn't want to like overthrow so they, Raiden they Shogun. Went they just kind of wanted to be by themselves. And lost lives so that they could tell the Raiden Shogun, change your ways. Was that it? Yeah. So it's a. You have people who disagree with. How she's running the country but the war wasn't to like dethrone her the war was to like okay i'm trying to remember how that whole sequence went because she the vast majority of the people went along with raiden shogun either like because they also believed that was a that was the right thing to do but they also believed in her benevolence folklores could potentially have more enemies because when you make a judgment you have like a prosecutor and you have like you have the plaintiff and you have the defendant there's, there's already going to be like two big big sides that you you can only appease one of them and if like there's so many court cases you are going to have people who are going to get the best outcome they wanted and you have a whole half of people who don't get the outcome they wanted so you could potentially have way more of a bigger civil war in fontaine than inazuma ever had so like what i'm trying to get at is there could be a lot more people that we have to be cautious of a lot more people that are going to be actively trying to up uproot this system or a lot more scheming and a lot more conniving going on so this could be a lot more interesting to dive into as far as just from a story perspective just how this nation is set up their theme means there's like a lot to yeah this could be a lot more interesting storylines even side quests could be pretty interesting to follow i mean I, like i think so so in, in regards to, like, the, the Inazuma War, like, you know, the Vision Hunt Decree, right? People, like, Kokomi has a vision, you know what I mean? Goro has a vision, like, um, the people, there are people that are suffering, like, they, they're, also, I believe the Watatsumi people were just being oppressed in general by the Shogunate, and even though Raiden Shogun wasn't usually directly involved, because Raiden Shogun's like, whatever, it'll fix itself, you know, hashtag eternity, <laughs> Or whatever. Um, Kokomi <laughs> didn't really have a choice. Like they kind of just had to fight, or else everything would be taken away from them. And you know, like a, a fight for preservation, not so much. Yeah, like, I mean, they didn't. But there's, like, there's but different like, types of wars. Like but that. like that's like, how else? Like, w like basically, how is she? 
going to fix this problem if they don't get to decide the rules. You know what I mean? Maybe she thinks they can't fight Raiden Shogun, but it maybe it seems like maybe she didn't even get to talk to Raiden Shogun because um, because of the Shogunate not letting her get there, right? Um, and Raiden Shogun didn't really care. Because they're so far off to yeah. the other side. Yeah, yeah and the other Raiden side of the Shogun country. didn't really care either because, like, mm -hmm. you know, as long as it's not directly affecting her, in, you know, Raiden Shogun, then the people will solve it, you know, within their own dispute. Like, this stuff happens all the time kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We could dive into that more eventually. Um, but I think that that ultimately, like, Kokomi had to go to war um, because they needed to change the way the country was run. And the person technically running the mm -hmm. country is Raiden Shogun. So she's at war with the Shogunate. And, I mean, it sounds like, you know, they were manipulated into doing stuff because of the Fatui and all this stuff. But um, at the same time, it's like, as Kokomi's people, what do you do, right? So, and maybe the, maybe she tried a diplomatic approach. Maybe she tried, like, peace and stuff at the beginning, which is very likely. But, um, you know, after that, it just became war. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, it's really sad, too, like, just in general, um, war, talking about war. But, but yeah, it, it, I think it was... Uh, we'll, we'll see if there's like, you know, there is like talk of Fontaine being divided into two factions, the guilty and the non-guilty. Yeah, like the above ground, underground, yeah, kind of like how in... Honkai Star what Rail. What is it? <laughs> Honkai Star Rail? What was that? Um, what's that story? Piltover and Zong? Ah, League of Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, League of Legends. League of Legends. Um, you know, Bellabog from Honkai Star Rail. Like, there's a lot of this... I mean, this exists in real life too, right? Like, it's usually the upper class versus the lower class, and not even not even considering the middle class in most cases. But it, there's always an extreme difference between the two sides. And like, when we see in this preview, is extremely clean upper ground and extremely dirty underground where people are also living. And so, can't help but think there's two factions um, at odds here. So, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. The story. We have nothing. We have no idea what the story is going to be about right now. Like, we're going to get the Hydro Arc. We're going to get there, immediately go on trial, get accused for something. Apparently, we're a celebrity in Fontaine because of the uh, the Steambird, the newspaper. So, you know, what exactly happens as soon as we get there remains to be seen. What the actual plot of the Fontaine story is, we don't know. And how the Fatui are involved, or maybe even the um, Harbingers, we don't know. So... First, we just got to see a preview of how it looks, which is really cool. Now we can kind of just imagine it for a little bit. And then hopefully the 4.0 preview will have a lot of um, you know insight as to what the story might be about. Maybe we'll even get a random story trailer drop like we did with the, uh, the Winter Nights Lazo and just get some hint as to what the story might be about, like a lesson in blasphemy. You know what I mean? Like that that whole thing that kind of just dropped out of nowhere. And that is not viewable in game. You have to go on YouTube to watch that. So maybe we'll get something like that. Who knows? We'll see. So that is our, you know, little discussion about what we've seen in the 3.8 live stream. Lots of stuff, obviously. Huge deal getting to go to a new region. And, um, it's really just the beginning of our time in Fontaine, and we haven't even started yet. This is not even this patch. Next patch, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll be here covering it. So, of course, if you guys want to talk about it, you're excited, join the Discord. Um, we have lots of conversations about this stuff daily, and uh, we'd love to see you there. Okay, so speaking of Discord, um, we had our community 
discussion question last week. And that question was, if you could add a new skill to a character, who and what would you add to it? What would be the name? What would be the effects? Yada, yada, yada. So, Kahi, do you have an idea for a skill that you would like to add to a character? So, I would add a type of charging skill. It's like something you can hold and decide when you're going to release it. It's kind of like, there's a few people who have this type of ability. You have Beto, obviously, you can hold her counter. You have Candace, who can hold her shield as a counter. But also, Hazel, where you can hold his skill and it charges up until you get the four stacks and then you can release the skill but those stacks actually get passively you know added and regenerated based on your elemental reactions so it's a way to like charge the skill passively without actually having to hold the button but the idea of having a charged skill implies the implies an added amount of strength or power to that skill which i like because everyone likes feeling more powerful everyone likes feeling stronger right so me personally i like claymores because I mean, they do attack slow, but they have the feeling and the effect of hitting very, very hard. So basically, what I would add is a skill to their charge attack. Wouldn't just be a big spin. They would have a charged, big claymore slash. Because if you can like, if you can time it where you have an enemy who is either like stunned or downed or frozen or something, caught in a bubble or or, or whatever, you can just charge an attack and just one shot them. Which is always satisfying like it's always satisfying when you do one big move and everyone's defeated it's always satisfying when you do like your burst like i don't know what's a good example um raiden shogun raiden shogun when you do her burst her first slash usually you want everyone to die in that one slash and then you're just cleaning up everything else with the rest of the attack right but it's just it's always so satisfying to have like one big attack that just levels the playing field it's great. So nice. Kind of like I wouldn't really add it to one character, but just an effect of a charged claymore slash. Wait, so can you, like, for who, for example, just like a specific example for who it would be for? Okay, maybe it's like, okay, if I had to boil it down to a skill, it would probably be, um, definitely Dea, where I could hold her skill instead of just dropping the field. You could like charge her attack. And the longer you charge, the bigger the field that she leaves for like her pyro interaction. So that would I would effectively change that to just hold the skill, do one big like ground pound, and then it leaves that pyro field. That's what I would change. That's what I would add it to. Nice. So what about you, Josh? Uh, did you have a character that you wanted to change, add, or augment? Yeah, of course. So um, Yoimiya is my main, right? And I feel like... Of course. Yoimiya, of course. So, Yoi, so here's the thing, right? I, and I've talked about this multiple times before. Yoimiya's burst in in her, like, in a lot of her, like, optimal builds and the way you builds and the way you play her is useless. Like, <laughs> you don't want to use her burst because if you use something like Shimanawa's, the set, um, you actually lose energy when you use your skill. So you can't... So if you use your burst, you'll find yourself with zero elemental... Uh, energy and then when you cycle back around to Yoimiya to use her skill you won't have enough energy to buff her attack and so you're wasting the effect of Shimanawa's now basically what this ends up being is that people just use machine gun Yoimiya where they're just like they put a bunch of buffs and then they just like mash the attack button da 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 and that's it that's like how you play Yoimiya and so that kind of that kind of is like that's that's fine but I feel like it's a waste to have it not have that attack 
So, I mean, there's ways to play her, and I'm going to start experimenting with different ways to play her where I can use that ability because I feel like it's a waste. Now, what I would add to her is because she's really agile, and she uses fire firecrackers, fireworks, and bombs and stuff like that, right? Is I would love to um, have an ability that's like really, that adds some agility to her kit a little bit. Um, but it's like a really specific thing. And this would be probably really hard to do. But this is just dreams, okay? <laughs> um, so she would have a move called uh, Fire Flip or something something along those lines. Or like um, like Sparkle sparkle something. I, I didn't think of the name like completely. But I just thought Fire Flip would be the easiest thing. And uh, what's it called? So what it would do is when you're near an enemy, you would actually... You have to be near the enemy to use it. And you would actually vault over the enemy. And when you vault over them, um, it puts a sparkler on them that blows up after a certain amount of time. And you can use this three times in succession. So you can flip over an enemy, flip over an enemy, flip over an enemy. And the third time, and you can do it on the same enemy too. Now, the third time you use it, um, you flip, you kick flip off of the enemy and shoot the sparkler and it blows it up immediately and it chains to the other sparklers if they're if they're close enough um also like leaving them kind of like hutao like you do a charge attack it leaves a flower blossom it explodes after a while uh kind, kind of like that um but you can trigger it on um if you do it the, the the full combo and um and then like basically at the end of that you would be far enough away to start auto attacking again um like because you would kick off of it and then you would shoot it and the enemies would blow up and would do fire da pyro damage but i would like because like, i love looking at her auto attack animation where she like flips and like does all this cool stuff or she spins around and like she's just so agile but like all i'm ever doing is pressing circle or pressing attack and um i want something i mean it would be cool to have something in close range that lets her get to far range and then it would be cool to have a skill that helps her move around a little bit um so yeah and then whether or not this would you would still use your burst, I have no idea. But like, all I know is I want another skill for her that I can use because I feel like all I ever do is auto attack with her. So, yeah, that's what kind of what I would do. That is where she shines. So sure, her basic attacks, especially when they're skill buffs or basic attacks, yeah, is really powerful. It's just when weird pyro. not to use your burst. You know, it's weird to feel like using my burst is yeah, actually true. wasteful. <laughs> um. So yeah, so in that case, uh, let's let's check what uh, other people are saying. So let's check the Discord. Okay, so we don't have that many, but we have uh, we have a long one. So first is Meowie, who says shadow manipulation. It works with necromancy, like the shadow monarch from solo leveling, which I haven't seen or read. And I'd give it to Paimon. She'd keep it a secret from Traveler. Okay, sure. <laughs> Uh, did you see solo leveling or did you read it? I don't think it, the anime's out yet. Oh, solo level. Yeah, that's a, that's a Korean, pretty popular manga. Korean manga. Oh, it's Korean. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the artist, the art of the author passed away, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know about that. It was a while ago because they, they put it on pause for a little bit. I'm pretty sure it was either the artist or the author. I see. Okay, well, I'll, I'll look it up later. But I, I heard it's like pretty good and it's pretty popular. So, um... Salido says, I second necromancy. I love summoning minions and could tie into abyssal energies. And we know characters would have opinions on it, like Hu Tao and Chi Chi. Nice. Okay, so yeah, well, why not? 
Uh, Ketsaya says, I want the ability to switch element on Tartaglia. When you switch the weapon, it'll be called indecisive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's actually, make, that makes sense. That's clever. Yeah. Um, Tate M says, I'd want each Geo character to have a second skill to build some sort of construct that can enhance their Geo skill in burst. Each one could be the original construct and then apply some type of effect with them paired with the skill slash burst. Ningguang kind of has it, with her wall turning into extra shards. One idea of mine is to give Noelle shields for her teammates, but make them immovable and they can hide and heal slash shield. Interesting. I give shield See, like it makes sense for geo characters to create geo constructs. Yeah. That's kind of part of their whole element but, to begin with. The of creation don't. of it. <laughs> most of them don't create True. constructs. I mean Yunjin, for Al example. Albedo. Yeah. Yeah. Albedo technically has a geo construct, but it doesn't it physically is. No, no, occupy it is. space. It's it just does. a platform. It does. No, no, it does. It does. It does. Like anything that you can bounce energy waves off of with Zhongli's pillar is is a geo construct, right? Right. It, yeah. So um, it is a it is a geo construct, but I'm not saying it's like it's a physical collidable object. Like it lifts you, but like enemies can't walk into it. You can't hide oh, behind it. it I mean, get cover. yeah. Well, enemies can get lifted up, <laughs> but um, what's right? It so like some kind of like augments to movement. Sure. I mean, like, the other thing is, like, for example, like, Goro puts down, like, a like a magic flag. Like, it doesn't actually have any physical... It's not a construct, period. Yeah. Right? It's just a field. Yeah. And Yunjin also does not have anything at all that makes a construct. Um, so, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, and let's see here. Yunjin could build two to three staffs or flagpoles that can enhance defense or, an, or normal attack. See, that would be cool. Like, actually put down flagpoles, and those would count as your construct. Or in the case of Ito, he can make a uh, a pen that allows him to make more pets. Oh, that'd be interesting. So like he has Ushi, and then like he makes, but he makes like a pen, like a big area where like he can throw more inside that area. So he can throw like two or three Ushis. That'd be. Oh, like make a battle ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can kind of do that with um with uh, Albedo's burst or a uh, traveler's burst. Sorry, traveler's burst. Um. Yeah, the little crystals in the circle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, geo geo constructs are something I was really excited for, but like we just don't get them that much. Like I mean, obviously geo has been left in the dust since uh, Dendro came out because now we have more Dendro characters than geo characters. But you know, hopefully we will see more geo soon, and we will see actual more constructs that that change the way you fight. Um, and I think that the idea of the skill and burst have to do with each other with the construct would be really interesting uh for sure even Zhang Li's like his burst has nothing to do with his construct you know like um uh i think ito's has nothing to do with his construct as well but albedo's for example you have to make the flower or else his burst doesn't basically do anything <laughs> um so you don't have albedo right kahi i do not so albedo makes the flower and inside the flower anytime you hit an enemy they get they take like little sparkles of geo damage and if you burst in the flower range, it will make random sparkles everywhere, like duh, 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 and it will hit like a bunch of enemies with a bunch of geo, like landmines. Uh, yeah, but in the air. So like, um, oh. and if you if you don't have the flower, his uh, his burst just hits enemies once, like boom, that's it, and it doesn't do that much damage. But you have to be in his flower range, in the circle, and then burst, and then it does more. So it's kind of like Ningguang. If you use her wall, and you burst, then it will her burst will do more it will have more attacks and do more things and uh, there's even oh, a... yeah, i think you have to i think you actually have to walk through her wall to get a geo buff yes and you can also do that 
Um, and I think there's like a, a it's either a constellation or her passive talent where if you destroy her wall, I think it's a constellation. If you destroy her wall with her burst, you instantly get her wall back on on cooldown, off cooldown. So yeah, I think that's a constellation. Yeah, so stuff like that. I would love to see more geo constructs in the future for reals. Um, so PG oranges here. The this is the kind of longer one, but uh, I have two ideas: one goofy and one with details. One is like sunrise sunshine with Yao Yao makes all enemies and creatures adore Yao Yao. They go on a picnic together and share stories. Then the enemies and creatures leave and go along with their life very happily. Perfect. This is about dreams, <laughs> so keep dreaming. <laughs> but um, but here swept away by Coco well, with Coco me. It would be like a second burst, cost 200 energy. Well, okay, crazy. So you basically never use it. Wow, trans that's insane. She transforms into a into like a different design. Like her her uh, outfit like changes and everything uh, more than it already does in her normal burst, I guess, with that whole water thing that she has. She stays in this state until she gets hit, and you can't use shields. Cannot generate energy or receive any energy. As a passive, she would launch waves similarly to the Geo ones of certain opponent buffs every two seconds with 100% crit rate dealing 1.4% max HP, normal attacks. So she basically gets a whole new kit in this burst. And then as soon as she gets hit once, she gets hit out of it. And she, her normal attacks like do like kicks with like waves on them. Charged attack does like a huge like tidal wave stomp thing. Uh, her skill has two charges um, and it's like a blows bubbles and the burst second ability uh her second burst when she's in this mode turns she turns into like a water dragon and acts like yelan skill so like you go really fast like and hit enemies um and uh yeah like and when she can put the enemies in bubbles kind of like the water mages and then when she pops them it does extra damage and she can pop them with with the dragon mode so very very expansive um very passion project she's a, sorry this is a long passion project uh but yeah peachy has like this idea of like just basically giving kokomi a whole second kit built into her kit somehow but it's like it's like kind of op but it's really high risk high reward because you lose all your energy you don't get any energy while you're using it but as soon as you get hit once you lose it which i think is a, such an interesting concept yeah i don't think they would ever do that because that would introduce mm, yeah. of difficulty <laughs> but like uh. i think that is an interesting concept for sure to be like a if you get hit you get you lose this like super buff um well that's the i love everything about this that is literally the only thing it would change maybe not one hit but like when you're in this mode you have like a new a new health bar that either like one, it will two, expire three, after time right? or if you get hit enough times you get forced out of the mode so you do yeah. have to play kind of defensively but if it upgrades your little bubble attack little water bubbles to huge water bubbles you get more you get more skill usage and you get like actual waves of water which is good every yeah new kit like you said but man can you imagine if someone saves 200 energy gets hit by like one little like yeah. one little thing on the ground like the fire on the on the grass and then you get knocked out of it oh that'd be so frustrating so yeah that's the only thing i would change but i love this idea yeah i mean just the idea of like changing the kit entirely it's something i thought like child would have when he came out you know what i mean like it's kind of close he he does have that like he has like his all his normal attacks change his he attack changes he switches weapons switches range his burst is different like he is the closest thing to like this 
being a thing and um that just shows like there is potential for more designs where they like flip character skills on like on like a in like a stance or something uh, but anyway so thanks bg for sharing uh, and last one is actually healing halo so as a former lisa main i wanted to make one for her i came up with a skill that would have just a single tap form it would send a bolt of lightning that travels from enemy to enemy similar to baiju's skill when an enemy is hit it will deal a very small amount of electro damage and give them two stacks of the conduit status it would uh it would also give a slow effect to all enemies hit for three seconds this skill's primary use is to make the setup for Violet Arc easier. I named this creation Violet Days. That's great. I think Lisa would be so much better if she had another way to generate condu conduit status. Oh, please, uh, like, yes, that would be great. Than just tapping the, the circle over and over mm -hmm. again uh, for one enemy at a time, basically. Um, so, yeah, super great idea, Halo. So what about on Spotify, Kahi? All right. On Spotify, we have a few answers here. Um, first one is from, what's his name here? Oh, Octira. So Octira says, I would create a stealth mode for Kirara, similar to Sila in Honkai Star Rail. It would be called Ambush Predator. It would also give a damage bonus to your first hit if it occurs from behind. Hmm. Oh, I like so that. So basically giving her like a little stealth ability. Yeah. Wait, I mean, Yelan could also the... have that if she wanted. Yeah, Yelan has the only... I think Yellen's the only one that can go in, like, technically invisible. I think so, too. Yeah, I don't know of any other character that does that. Interesting. Well, we have next up Billy Dottie. A skill for Dia, which adds to her attack on a percentage of her HP, similar to Noelle's burst, so Dia can do better damage. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm all for like, getting damage buffs, but, man, if... If it's just a scaling and it doesn't change any skill or whatever, it, it's it's the same thing. Though. It's sad. I mean, I'm all for like buffs. Used she is, you know. I know. Well, I love Dea though. Yeah, she's same. great. Same. Uh, next up, we have oh, interesting name. Me, thirteenth of the Harbingers. <laughs> <laughs> it says it would be for a child, and he would enter his delusion form, oh, like yeah. the second form in the boss. You could still use the other skill but it would be electro and the name would be zapping thunder yep. see a lot of people really wanted that when child came out i mean we're weirdly we were introduced to that part of him him being able to do that and then we just like get him and he's literally not able to do that like it's so weird right like i don't i don't expect scaramouche as a play wanderer as a playable character to turn into a giant mech but i would expect cloud uh cloud I would expect Tartaglia, our child, <laughs> to to be able to just like flip on his delusion whenever he wants to use it. Um, but I guess like the part of the reasoning could be like um, that delusion actually does uh, bad is bad for you to use for long periods of time, even though apparently child is fine with it. Um, but like, yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I still secretly wish that they release another version of child in the future that has his delusion available. But, you know, we'll see. What else we got? Well, next up we have the Princessin de Vertelung. I would add a skill to Fischl. Of, of course, they would add a skill to Fischl. <laughs> <laughs> named Words of uh, Words of Vertelung. If you use the skill, she'll start to talk. And basically talk people to death. In the end, she asks where all the opponents went. You know, this is, this is interesting. Like having like an aura of damage. Because you know the minigame coming up, you like have a spotlight and anyone yeah. in the spotlight gets hit. 
See, that's that's so interesting because Dory has something like there, that. There was a if fighting you... game I played where like, where like the character has a thing where they they do a little speech, and it's a fighting game, like a one-on-one -on -one fighting game, right? And if you can complete this entire speech in the course of the match, like in one go, like you knock the opponent down and you immediately start it and it finishes after like five or six seconds, then you get like a super buff. Like if you can somehow manage to do that, like it's so hard to do. What because... game is this? This sounds interesting. Oh man. Um, uh, I'll look it up, but like, yeah, it is. Uh, it's really, it's really interesting. Like a ritual, like some, like a spell cast in the middle of a fighting game. Right, well, interesting here. Next up, we have James. This one is hard to choose. I might add one move to Dia called the Sandstorm Vortex. She'd summon a vortex which sucks enemies in while she hits them with her burst. And of course, hashtag Klee. <laughs> yes, James. At this point, I believe even all of our audience knows you are a Klee main. Uh, last week, we have Peter. Peter says, I want Yaimiko to be able to summon a kitsune that heals, buffs, or attacks for you, and I will call it, may the kitsune come forth or something. I know it's a lame name, but I couldn't think of anything or something. But he's, I actually like something like this, like the three you know, kitsune pillars that you summon, each have a different effect. So, because I, what I like about this is because maybe it seems very monotonous to like go out and always have to put three down before you leave. Sometimes if I only wanted that one first pillar from Yaimiko, I just summon one pillar, attack a few, then leave. So I, I get to choose like how I put these pillars down. Well, of course, bigger effect with all three. Right. I like this. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Different effects. All right, and that is all from Spotify. Okay, so that's it for our community discussion question. Um, for next week's question, what are you most excited for from version 3.8? Let us know in on Twitter, in the Discord, um, on Spotify, YouTube now. Yeah, mm. let us know. And we will maybe share your answer on the next episode. So uh, feel free to join us in that. Now, let's go to our last segment, which is the One Last Wish segment. Uh, Kahi, are you ready? I am ready, and I have the perfect amount of wishes. I have one sixty-nine wishes. Oh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> like I thought you were like perfect amount of wishes for one last wish. One. <laughs> one. That'd be funny though. Um, okay, but, so yeah. Okay. What are you gonna roll for? Hmm. Okay. I don't need Alhaitham, but I might as well since he's here. Have some good weapons. I don't need some. I don't need the swords really. I've got elemental mastery swords. Eh. I'll go for a high I'll just try it out. Okay. Build pity, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Alright, wish one. Incoming. <gasps> oh, it's purple. Oh. Ooh. Zhangling! It's been so long. Oh. Alright. Oh, I have a max constellation. Okay, cool. Oh, there you go. Mm hmm. Alright, your turn. Alright, I'm going to be rolling on the weapon banner. I already have Light of Foliar Incision, but I'm going to try to get Freedom Sworn. Ready? Go! It is blue, and so am I. Aw, oh, rip. Ferris Shadow. Win this round. Ferris Shadow. The, uh, the Claymore that turns red, I think, right? Uh, no. That's Blood Tainted Greatsword. Oh, that's true. Yeah, never mind then. Mm. Use that on Beto like the entire time. All right. Well, 
there we go. Um, <laughs> Kahi, I just rolled again just because, and I got Kave. <laughs> so C5, Kahe. Oh, no! <laughs> that doesn't count. That's not the one last win. Doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You, you, you win. You got the purple. I just, okay, I, how about uh, I roll one had... more time? Okay, go. Two two last wishes, just to even <laughs> one, it out. Two last wishes. Okay. You know what? I'm going to roll oh, item again. All right. Ah, oh, it's purple! Yes! What? <laughs> I got Yao Yao! <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, you got purple also! Yep, I got two. Oh, okay, so I win. See, that's what you get oh, my. for breaking for breaking tradition. Oh my god, you're right. You know, but whatever, I got C5 Kahe. Ka I C5 Kave. That's worth it. Just like L'Oreal, because I'm worth it. Alright, I'm not getting paid for that. Alright, so... <laughs> I don't even use L'Oreal. Sponsored. We have to say it. Disclaimer. We're not sponsored. No, we're not sponsored. Don't don't sue us. <laughs> um, so, all right, guys. That wraps up the show for today. Thanks for listening. If you have the time, please leave us a comment and a review. We'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter, once again, at Genshin Guys Pod. Uh, follow me at JSide Gaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash JSide. Uh, Kahiao on Twitter and YouTube, K A H I Y A O. And as always, Ad Astra Abyssos. Oshito Shio Mezase. And go.